There must be some kind of way out of here Say the joker to the thief There's too much confusion I can't get no relief Businessman there to drink my wine Come and dig my earth All right, welcome to episode 120 on a Cowboy Show, Ted and Wacy. My name is Ted Stoven. He's Wacy Anderson. We are wearing the same hat today in two different provinces, in two different towns. But uh, but uh, Wacy's got a way cooler t-shirt than me. Man, this is my one of my prized possessions. Got it from Roadrunner Vintage in Calgary. We're just cruising around. We're looking for Jen for some cowboy boots for Stampede. And then she like was cruising around the t-shirts and pulled out this George Strait one and... I could not leave without it. So it's become my favorite t-shirt now. Sick. How much you give for it? How much? Oh, I don't know what to say. Uh, no. I'm gonna guess like fifty bucks. Uh higher. Higher than fifty bucks for a yeah. t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the worst part is somebody probably left it at Goodwill. So it's straight profit for those guys. Oh, hundred percent profit. Yeah, but Anybody who knows me, especially as you know too, Ted, I'm a huge George Strait fan. So cool to have a little vintage piece from from the King. So is it under 100 though? Oh yeah, under 100 for sure. It was 85. But over 50. It was 85. Oh, that's great. Is that the most expensive <laughs> t-shirt you've ever bought in your ever life? in my life, man? It's not even like a fancy Holy. designer one. It's just like a concert t-shirt. Holy, you didn't pay that much for them at the concert. It is. It is cool, actually. Well, you know what though? It's like sixty-five bucks for a concert T-shirt these days. It's a no, lot. Really? Yeah. Serious. That's yeah. a lot of dough. Yeah. That's an aggressive um, amount. Like, like, uh, my buddy Josh, he bought a Dragon Force long sleeve T-shirt at the Dragon Force concert, and it was sixty-five dollars. Oh, my Atlanta. Yeah. So, anyways, that's a, that's a pretty ridiculous amount. Holy shit. Yeah. So, concert merch, man. Um, the cool thing about the shirt, though, Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks concert merch. I don't say I didn't even look at it, but oh, okay. I was hoping it wouldn't be that much. But but the 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 uh concessions were cheap, but we didn't we didn't get over there, it was a little too high. But but go ahead. What were you gonna say oh, about it? The cool thing about the shirt has all the the tour dates on the back, so it has a bunch of Canadian dates on it. Like there's like St. John's really? Newfoundland and and Calgary and Edmonton no are on it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Jeez. So what year? Does it say the year? Doesn't say the year. I don't know. I'd have to if somebody's watching or knows. They can let us know what the year Close is. Most dates. Turn turn around. There's, there's no. Dates. Oh, there's no dates on it. It just like I'd have to take it off. You gotta go uh, down further. I don't. I don't want to take it off. It's I don't want to go tarps. Yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to go tarps off on the show. <laughs> yeah, that's allowed. Um, <laughs> ah, okay. So, what are we? Where are we at? You're in uh, uh, BC. I'm in BC. Second home. Yeah. Summer home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm in my Vernon I'm home. In You're in Pinoca. You got to go yep. to Garth this weekend. How was Garth? Give us a quick recap. Yeah. Yeah. Great show. Uh, highlight for me was uh, him wearing a Chris Ledoux t-shirt. Said, just Ledoux it. That was pretty awesome. Um, everybody sang along to every song. Like, you know how we do like sing-alongs at bull ridings? Like, th- this was a, an entire two and a half hour sing-along. It was mm-hmm. wild. Um, Garth's got a dedicated fan base. Like, a lot of, even a lot of people I've seen posting on social media from the past weekend is like, this is like, Garth never fails to disappoint, and this is our seventh time, seventeenth time seeing Garth, and it's the best show ever. Still, which is pretty cool to me. Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? Yeah, 
Yeah, a great show though. I'd I'd recommend. I mean, they had another one on Saturday too, and I didn't hear much about it yet either. But still, yeah, super, super awesome time. I'd go again anytime. Um, and look forward to more concerts now. It was like it was a what I say like there was actual emotion to be back at a show like that and to be at one with sixty five or sixty some thousand people. The mm-hmm. logistics weren't ideal. Like there's a lot of messing around to get in and out. And yeah, I don't know how the hell you have a football stadium with no parking in a city. That's about the dopiest move I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make much sense. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, like you probably made some money on your, uh, you probably made some money on the real estate that you sold to, to, uh, what am I saying? On the real estate you sold to, uh, to build, build condos and stuff around there. Mm-hmm. But like, you fucking sold your parking lots, you idiots, <laughs> for a 65,000 seat arena. That is the stupidest thing I think I've ever heard of. And like, you know, I, I feel bad for the people in Edmonton because they're trying to get like a World Cup soccer game. But like, there's no, no, re, no, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Obviously, you're not going to get a World Cup soccer game if you don't even have a fucking parking lot. Like, come on, Edmonton. We're planning. I'm sorry, Edmonton, but that, that's, that's, a, don't have a parking lot with a stadium that size. <laughs> so it's just complete mayhem getting in and out of there. But, uh, oh man. Okay, so the other part of it was that there was a, a rave going on. It's called Bomb Fest because we went and parked at Northlands. I knew there's at least a parking lot there, and it, it's two kilometers, so you just get a quick ride over there from Northlands. Mm-hmm. But it was like a crazy rave. There were rave people everywhere, and they were all wearing crazy outfits and like not a lot of clothes. It was pretty wild, uh, pretty wild, pretty wild <laughs> scene at at Northlands with the with the rave going on. So I've never been to a rave, but maybe that's one of our cowboys doing people things uh, events where we got to go to a rave maybe could you, you could, a do, lot of could do chasing summer at some time some point in calgary if shaq's yeah, djing at chasing summer this year who is that like shaquille o'neal oh really yeah oh, dj wow. dj That's diesel awesome. dj diesel's playing um chasing summer this year it's pretty funny oh, so <laughs> um oh, wow. speaking awesome. of speaking of concerts you're in pinoca this like this upcoming week which has some really cool concerts uh on the slate yeah Coulter Powell, wall, Coulter wall. yeah that'd be cool yeah yeah, and I text Brad. Brad's coming out too. Mr. Brad Wall gonna be at the show too. So I also realized that uh, I told him I was gonna send him some some stuff like some of our clothes and caps, and then I just totally forgot. So oh, no. I realized I had, that I had a package put. I, I had a package I put have together it. for them. Okay, cool, sick. I got the one for Coulter and Maggie. So, uh, but yeah, I gotta I gotta tell Storm to bring some stuff for for uh, for the premiere. For Coulter's dad. Your former yeah. premier. Yeah. So yeah, I gotta, I gotta, uh, gotta do that. But, that'll be, uh, that'll be cool. Get, get yeah, to see him play live. Yeah. The Reclaws, uh, I think Aaron Goodman. Uh, yeah, gonna be a gonna be a great week here in Pinocchio. Looking forward to it. My first time on the music here, helping with some production. Uh, the feature feature crews here as well. And uh, yeah, gonna be a gonna be a fun time. Great week. Um, what else? That's it. That's it right now. Uh, but we were just we just had a big PBR run, three events in a row. Yeah. Dylan Swearing comes up to Regina, gets the win. Uh, but hey, I want to go back to uh to the concert uh merch because I wanted to ask the question for our listeners, what is the most expensive or most ridiculous concert merchandise purchase you have made? Nice. I'm kind of I'm thinking about this. Or most memorable, because I have a black keys t shirt that I still wear from mm-hmm. the last one of the last shows I went to. Like, I don't know when that was. Probably between 2014 and 20, 20 yeah, I, I, I remember oh, when you went. Like to, I remember when you went to the show. Fourteen somewhere that was. Yeah, but I still have that one. It's sweet. Yeah, love me some concert yeah. merch. Love me some concert. Yeah, merch. so I got that one. I don't have anything else. 
Oh, I wanted. I, I wanted to I... be the only time I've ever bought anything. I wanted to uh, make a comment about the PBR run. So last night we were sitting around uh, Jen's dad's pool having some beers after our round of golf, and he was talking about. We were just hanging out one night, watching TV. He's a TV set outside of by, by, by the pool. It's really cool. And he's talking about trying to find some sports on. He's watching TSN, and then after something came on, the bull riding in Regina or Brandon came on. So he sat and watched the bull riding afternoon. So pretty cool to see that people are. People who are not traditional rodeo fans are stopping and watching the PBR on TSN. What do you have to say about it? Like, and, and I gotta I mean, ask that because sorry, go ahead. He said he said the first thing he said he's like those guys are fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's so, step one. What was step yeah. two? I see that it was really cool. It was really cool. Like he didn't expect something didn't expect to see on on like a major network, and it was cool to to see uh, an event like that big. So yeah, he, he was just kind of. Just, he was a kind of surprised. There's something that he didn't expect to come on, and and it was he enjoyed being able to watch the whole event. So good job, PBR. Oh, awesome. Okay, I gotta ask, what's uh, what's Jen's affiliation with country music? Is she a country music fan? To find a George uh, Strait, she, she would have to know about the good oh, stuff. Oh man, she, she, she gotta she like does. a little steel guitar if she if Dude, she found she, a George Strait T-shirt. She has her like a really sickly, a really deadly built up '90s country playlist. Uh, she's a big fan of like the, the Texas red dirt stuff. So like Zach Bryan, the Calgary stampede, that's a huge deal. I actually bought it. It's kind of a funny story for a birthday. I got us Zach Bryan tickets in Phoenix in there in October. And then all of a sudden, like three weeks after I got these tickets, they announced he's going to be in Calgary on the, the weekend that we're going to be there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it works. Did you, cancel, did you cancel Phoenix or no? You no, no, we're still going to go. Cause we're going to make, when is that? Uh, October 19th. So, Oh yeah, right it's right on. in the right in the middle of everything, which is great. So yeah, we're gonna go. We'll make right a little trip for you CFR. Yes, right before CFR and and NFR and all kind of stuff. So it'll be cool to go. We neither of us have been to Arizona, so we'll still make a trip out of it. But yeah, oh yeah, she's a big she she stole my Ryan Bingham T-shirt that I bought in Texas already. So she <laughs> definitely she's definitely a country music fan for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that is that, awesome. That literally happened in her first visit to Calgary. She's like, I, I sent her a picture of this because she loves Ryan Bingham. And then she's like, I'm stealing that shirt. And she dug it in my closet. Now it lives in her closet. So that's my other, my other piece oh, of concert, dear. my other piece of concert memorabilia that's gone forever. <laughs> and we didn't even hardly stay at that show. Didn't we like bust I, out? I, I stayed for the whole thing, me and Brinson. Oh, I was it Storm and I that left or did I just leave? Yeah, no, you and Storm left. We We took off. We weren't that we weren't as excited about Billy Bob's as you and Brinson. It wasn't really it was, our jam. Yeah, fair enough, pal. I was a long midst of a long week, so I think it was the last day, wasn't it? The very last day. It was our last night there, I think. We went home the next day. But, yeah, or would have been the I think it was the Thursday before. So I mean, anyway, it was right near the end Anyways, of the trip. We just got back done. from three days in Vegas and all that kind of stuff. So we're a little tired. A little yeah. Tired. Yeah. Uh so we're talking about this PBR run. So PBR Canada, like I said, Dalen Swearingen won in uh in Regina. Um, who won Brandon? Uh, I forget. Blake now. Smith. Oh, it was Blake Smith. Yeah. And then Jake Snart, uh, Jake Gardner won Red Deer. So PBR Canada's back. PBR Teams is kicking off. There was an event in uh, North Carolina that's this just happened this past weekend. Uh, one in Bismarck, North Dakota. They're getting some preseason events in. Um, what else happened in the U.S.? Cowboy Christmas is upon us. The show is out. Mm-hmm. This show's on the like the 29th, I guess, right? So it's Wednesday. Cowboy right, Christmas. Is, yeah, is on. So best luck to everybody out there this. This Cowboy Christmas, by the time we do another show, will be right in the Calgary Stampede. For us Canadians, the list of contestants is out. I didn't, I don't know if I loved how they did it this year, releasing it one one event at a time. It kind of took away the allure of the big release moment where, you know, social media is a buzz of who's coming to Calgary. But hey, I'm not, 
in charge, but they must yeah, have to go that way. Yeah, it was. Different. Yeah, it was okay. It was okay. I think there's a better way to do it, but it's. I guess they're trying to try something new, which is you can't fault anybody well, for that. I don't know if anybody from the Stampede will be listening since we have the CEO on the show this week. But, <laughs> <laughs> but and I'm not I'm not a communications expert by any means, but but yeah. I didn't even get to post the press release. I sent it to you, but I was on the road. Like I didn't mm. I knew it was kind of coming, but like usually that was big news. Like we used to scoop the yeah. news on them a little bit, and I think they got mad at us for scooping the news on everything cowboy and then they decided to go a different route and then like I, yeah I didn't, I didn't cover it this time so yeah i mean I th- I'm, I think I'm not, it, uh, it'd be cool everybody but there was a buzz about having the, the list yeah. out like this is coming to calgary and then there's yeah. always the wonder of how like who the heck how did, well how'd this guy get invited how did he get mm-hmm. how did he qualify mm-hmm. so it'd be neat to kind of like get some info on some of that and we didn't really even talk about it this time but but it's kind of like not not as much news now because it's a prca event and you don't have the list two months ahead it's like two weeks yeah, the one the one thing I did I did find this this time around I had to search for it. Whereas yeah, in the past it, it would show up on my feed or it'd be a lot yeah. easier to access or there was, was some buzz around it, which which it is kind of newsworthy. Dis- it was more newsworthy yeah. before. Now they kind of took it that away a little bit, it seems like. Yeah, it's kind of a disappointment in a sense. Like just like we kind of talked about it with Joel, um, like how much of a buzz around Calgary there is coming into the San yeah. Like it's it just seems like there's a a new life or some energy injected into the city and we could have really hyped up this new this list of contestants in a in a big way so it's kind of kind of sucks that way but i mean it's good that it's out i guess yeah yeah it's good they're having a little rodeo in calgary good little rodeo in calgary. To mm-hmm. but uh got a thank you you want to do here yeah so hey horse people we have teamed up with equipride and equilix which are all in one vitamin mineral and digestive aid supplements they have zero starch zero sugar zero molasses and consist of prebiotic digestive enzymes and a broad amino acid profile what makes Equiplex and Equipride so great? They are excellent for hoof, hoof growth. That's a hard thing to say. Your horse's coat and colic issues. It's, if it's that's not enough, with all the nutrition packed into these supplements, you will save about 20% on your forage needs, which we all know is a big deal these days. Hay is hard to come by. Hay is expensive. So you want to be saving as much as you can. And as Ted mentioned, it's Cowboy Christmas. You want to make sure that your equine athletes are in tip-top shape and looking good heading into the arena. So try this amazing horse supplement product by asking your local feed store to bring in Equipride and Equilix today. Thank you, Wacy. Well done. Again, this is episode 120. One. Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. Thank you for listening, everybody. Send us a note somewhere on the social medias. Say hello. And uh, we'll be back here with the interview. If never I'd met you, I'd never have seen you cry. Okay, well, this week we have a special guest on the show, and we're in a, a special stampede guest. Yes, we, for the <coughs> stampede show. So, he's the CEO of the Calgary Stampede, Mr. Joel Cowley. Thanks for uh, thanks for having us. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So we uh, we talked to uh, Steve McDonough here in the same room, the president's room, again last year, but we didn't ask mm. him for permission if we could like <laughs> use it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure Steve wouldn't mind. 
Wouldn't be he might, if anything, might be upset the, uh, with us for not including him in the yeah. in the interview this time. Yeah, sorry, Steve. Yeah. But yeah. thanks for the show last year. <laughs> but I want to talk to Mr. Cowley. So, so you've been the the CEO of the Stampede for about just over a year. You uh, took not, over. not quite a year. Not quite a year. Not I thought quite it was September. September first. Yeah, September twenty one. So, yeah, that's about, right. Uh, nine and a half months at so this point. Yeah. What do you think so far? How's it been? Uh, it, what do you think? It's been great. It's an interesting time to start. Yeah. With the pandemic, and uh, you know, I got here September one. Everybody's excited. And we're coming back to park and the volunteers are coming back and i think that friday is like nope nope you're not <laughs> uh, and then of course omicron hits and so it's it's been uh it's been an interesting time to start uh thankfully we did have zoom so i made a lot of uh was introduced to a lot of the volunteer committees and a lot of the civic leaders and our sponsors through zoom but it's nice to meet them in person now as the excitement for the 2022 stampede builds so you took over here in September, but you were at the Stampede in 21 for the kind of a scaled back version. Yes. Without a few elements, uh, the restrictions were in place. It just lifted a few days before the event yeah. happened. But I want to go back a little while because you left the left Houston in May of 2020, which Correct. was Correct. Two, less than two months after you guys shut down in the middle of the show. Yeah. Yeah. We got shut down after, I think, day nine of the 2020 Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. And... Uh, that was interesting to have to uh, halt an event like that uh, in, in midstream. But uh, the volunteers and the staff pulled together and, and did a really nice job of it. And then I had an opportunity to uh, go join the American Angus Association, which was a prior employer. I worked for Certified Angus Beef uh, about 18 years ago, I guess it was, and was actually working in Canada for Certified Angus Beef at that time. And... Uh, President of Angus Genetics Incorporated came up, and my master's in animal breeding and genetics, and of course I have the background in academia, so I thought, yeah, I might like to go do that. And so I was there for one year, and then this opportunity came up, and uh, I couldn't pass this up. <laughs> so a guy that I uh, golf with, his company, uh, his he and his dad are Boyden, uh, the Boyden Group, mm -hmm. and they were part of the process to, to uh, bring you on as CEO, part of the the searching process, I guess, is what yeah, part of yeah, the they were the they were the ones who reached out to me first and set up all the interviews. All of those were by Zoom, which was interesting. Uh, I hadn't done a lot of Zoom interviews before, but was thrilled when the, when the position was offered to me and uh, told my wife about it, and it was two thumbs up. Um, we've been coming to Calgary since the early '90s. I first came here in 1993 to help out with a beef cattle judging school put on by the Calgary wow. Stampede and, and one of the volunteer committees, and I was one of the instructors for that. And uh, so having been raised in uh, Colorado, Fort Collins, Colorado, Calgary's always kind of felt like home yeah, to my wife. Yeah, not too far off. Yeah, and me. So it, uh, it was, yeah, two thumbs up, and off we go to Canada. But So I was reading before that you had been, to, been here and done that judging, uh, judging uh, school, mm -hmm. I guess, mm -hmm. uh, seminar. Uh, but the first time you came to the rodeo was actually oh five. So that's right. Yeah. That's right. Because the judging school was typically in June. Yeah. So during the four H on parade, and so I I did not come to the stampede until two thousand five. That's the year I went to work for the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. So yes, I knew a lot of people here, uh, volunteers and staff, but uh, didn't actually attend the stampede itself until oh five, and probably came to ten of the stampedes between oh five and nineteen. Okay. And 
developed a really good working relationship with Calgary, particularly when I was CEO at Houston, uh, on matters such as rodeo and carnival and, and midway stock, and, right? and yeah, and, and the stock of course would come to Houston. So we would come up here, uh, in July, which was a great time to get out of Houston. And, uh, <laughs> we would host, uh, stampede guests, both volunteers and staff in Houston in March, which isn't a bad time to get out of Calgary. It's true. That's <laughs> a good point. I've heard of a lot of the crew, like, uh, like Dwayne, Dwayne Katie and and Rob Grundy and uh, I think Will Osler like a few of the guys from the rodeo side of things they've told us about how much fun those Houston trips are in the in the in March because it's yeah well e every event is more fun when you don't have to put it on that's very so true. <laughs> the stampede uh, stampede crew had a great time at Houston and we'd have a great time when we came to Calgary so I want to ask one more thing you said you uh Grew up and were kind of raised in Colorado, but you're born mm -hmm. in Wyoming. So where in Wyoming? Right, born in Wyoming. I was born in Laramie, Wyoming. Laramie, okay. Yeah, and my my mother uh, side of the family is from Wyoming, southeastern Wyoming. My uh, father's side of the family is from northeastern Colorado, just across the border from each other, which is how they met. So uh, her family's from Burns, Wyoming. Okay, uh, out in. Eastern Wyoming, and then my uh, father grew up in Grover, Colorado, which Grover. is a little bitty huh. town uh, in northeastern Colorado. And so, uh, like Denver to Cheyenne is what an hour? Is that right? Yeah, a little more than an hour. A little more than an yeah, hour. Yeah. And then you were you were uh, Fort Collins, which is probably almost halfway. Yeah, it's probably forty-five minutes south of Cheyenne. Okay. So, so I, most of I, as uh, as a youth, I would go to the Cheyenne <laughs> Frontier Days, and I would go to the the uh, National Western Stock Show, yep. uh, and of course I would exhibit at the Colorado State Fair, and those were the big ones for me. For that area, too. Yeah, for that area in particular, and little did I know that events like the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo and the Calgary Stampede were out there at that time. <laughs> well, and those, and those are big ones to us. I mean, like the, the like Cheyenne Frontier Days and the National Western Stock Show in, in Denver, like as, as competitors, that's what you strive to compete at those big rodeos. And you kind of been exposed to that big type of show kind of at a young age. And it's kind of cool to see your path to end up in, in Houston and now eventually in Calgary. And, th and the landscape's kind of the same, really and truly, like yeah. in like Laramie and, and Fort Collins up into Calgary. It's kind of like you said, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty uh, much home. It gets colder here. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the weather pattern's pretty similar. Uh, of course, you get snow and cold, followed by sunshine and some warmth and things like that. So we, my wife and I fit in quite well uh, over this winter. We survived it well. That was the one thing I heard when I visited the 2021 Stampede. Oh, Houston, you're going to freeze to death. Well, no. We grew up in Colorado. We actually lived in Michigan for seven years. So we yeah. know what snow is, too. It's bad over there, too. <laughs> yeah. And that was where you yeah. did your MBA. Did my MBA at Michigan State, yeah. Yeah, and where is that? I don't. Even, I don't know where that is. East Lansing, Michigan. And is that the only place I've even known? Michigan is like Detroit. They have a good. Yeah. They have a good hockey Green program there. So, Michigan yeah, State. East Lansing would be kind of south central Michigan. It's about an hour and a half from Detroit, Detroit west of Detroit. Okay. Yeah, it's huh. uh, Lansing's the capital, and East Lansing is the city where the university is. Oh, yeah. Okay, I see. Yeah. Mm. You mentioned uh, 2005, like the first year attending the rodeo here at Stampede and kind of when you got first started with Houston. Was there any elements you took from the Calgary Stampede from being like, attending it, heading into your new role with Houston that you applied right away? Yeah, and so uh, what's really neat about our industry, uh, fair and festival, uh, you know, rodeo stock show, is that it's a very open and sharing group because we're not competing for the same consumer. I mean, even when I was at Houston, you know, San Antonio's three hours away. So we weren't competing for the same consumer. Yes, some of the same competitors, you know, whether it's livestock show or horse show, uh, but they're going to go anyway. Mm -hmm. And so 
most fairs, festivals, rodeos, stock shows, they're, well, they're open to sharing. And uh, I, I call it borrowing. I, we don't steal things <laughs> in this industry. We borrow things yeah. and, and we implement them. And, uh, you know, coming to Calgary and, and particularly looking at the, the layout, um, you know, the midway of their commercial exhibits and the, the shopping and things like that. Um, and then rules as mm-hmm. well. So like the tie-down roping rules that uh, Calgary implemented, we implement them at Houston as well because we're both presenting rodeo to largely an urban audience. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I, I tell this, but Gene Autry, when he took rodeo into Madison Square Garden in the 40s, he changed the ground rules mm-hmm. because he knew it was an urban audience and, and he changed it so it would be more acceptable to that audience. And, you know, whether it's a jerk-down rule or, or the amount of time the – the calf has to stay tied in uh, tie down roping. Those are things that that make that event more acceptable to that urban audience, and we borrowed those from Calgary. Well, that's something we talk about often on the show is like bridging that gap of yeah. urban and rural. And we're in, especially with Houston's and and Calgary's and those big events like that. We have a unique opportunity to showcase our way of life <coughs> in that urban spotlight, and it's so neat. Like again, like having being able to make your own rules, but. I still feel like there's more we can do to like make it more palatable or like kind of connect, bridge that gap and, and connect more yeah. people to and, it. And, and a lot of it's education, so they understand. And yeah. Uh, and Calgary does a fantastic job with those the videos that run before events, and so people understand what are the judges looking for. What is a great mm-hmm. ride, for example, and uh, that just engages that audience that much more. Well, even the shoot tours are something really cool too. I have a lot of uh, friends who work downtown, oil field, that kind of stuff, yeah. and they they go to the shoot tours and just being able to see the process, like how how the animals even get loaded into the shoot and how the guys get ready for their event, like that goes a long way for folks being able to see see the why we do. I think there's that's a big misstep for a lot of places where we don't explain the why. We kind of just show them what we do, but there's no like kind of foundation of why we do what we do. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. What else do you think can be done though on the rodeo side of things or? For you, uh, coming here, the chuck wagon side, moving from four wagons to three wagons, uh, I don't know. I hope, I hope that it's still a great product. I, I'm, I'm not sure what it's going to look like. There are some places they already run three wagons, yeah, but, yeah. but I, I, I'm curious what it's going to be like here. <laughs> yeah, and so I, you know, I, I stepped in after that decision. That decision was made to be implemented in 2020. 2020 yeah. And then, of course, there was no event at all in 2020. There were no chuck wagon races in 2021, and so it's being implemented now. Um, I'm, I'm by far not a chuck wagon expert, uh, but I, I, I did enjoy the chucks when I came, uh, came up and was visiting from Houston and, you know, with the three wagons instead of four, I, I think it, it makes it safer at the start. Um, you have fewer horses, uh, out on the track at any given yeah. time. And from my limited observation, you know, if you're in fourth place, uh, after you probably turn that winning. second turn, yeah, <laughs> you're probably not winning, That's uh, at that point. So I, I think it will be just as exciting at the finish, and that's really the the important part uh, is that there's an exciting finish, and it's a race down that stretch uh, to come in. Um, but, again, presenting chuck wagons to a largely urban audience, um, you, sometimes you have to do things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious to know if, if with more space in the infield – and I haven't, I've never seen a three wagon race in person, but like I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be more space in the infield – for wider and faster turns, maybe just on the sports yeah. side, there might be some more space, and it might might make for more three 
wagon starts and finishes. There might be three wide most of the way. Yeah, I don't know. Going, going most of the way. Maybe, so yeah. Well, well one uh, thing I noticed, like, with most of the four wagon races that I've watched, like, there's usually one wagon who falls behind at the very beginning anyways. Usually you have your two or three wagons that get a really good start. Yeah. So I think yeah. maybe, like, like Ted says, you have that more, there's more space for the horses, more space for the wagons. You'll have these more intense three wagon races. Because yeah. usually, like, I was just at, in Rocky Mountain House this past weekend or a couple weeks ago now. There was always a, f- a fourth wagon that was always behind at the, at the end, but you always had two or three that were competing for that like that photo finish. So I think there's still an opportunity for it to be exciting for people. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I think it's going to be just as exciting at the finish. I think it's one of those things, too, where a lot of people in our industry, when things change, we don't love it <laughs> that so much. Yeah. Especially with wa- like the wagons. It's been the same for so many years, but I think once they get here, they see the changes, they actually go through the motions of competing at it. I think that you may see more people embrace the change rather than be resilient to it, but I think <laughs> that's one thing yeah, we work with on. a lot of things. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Any change, you have to experience it first to really understand what the impact is is going to be. Yeah. What do you think on the rodeo side? So we have the breakaway roping that uh, hasn't been added here yet in Calgary, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it needs to be or should be. Uh, the breakaway at the NFR is a separate part of the – it's not really part of the show. Um, I like the aspect of adding more more uh, women. female – Yeah, more yeah, women into absolutely. the, into the absolutely. event. Um but I don't know where it fits, and then we still don't have team roping here as well. There's, we're going to have the Rocky Mountain Cup Correct. on July 12th at yep. the yep. Nutrien yep. Western Event Center. Um, but uh, but I wonder what the rodeo side of things look like. You know, like bull riding is what it is. Same with all the rough stock, steer wrestling, um, tight on roping, barrel racing, like kind of is what it is. Like, I don't know what else a guy changes in the meantime <laughs> that way, right? Yeah, and, and we're really pleased with the slate of competitors we have uh, in, in every event. And uh, we're going to miss out on a few contestants uh, that were invited because of the restrictions are still yeah. in place at the border. But well, we, we've got a pretty good lineup. Uh, but that was good. supposed to change today, though. Uh, not, for, some the... not for international arrivals. Oh, okay, you still okay. have to be vaccinated okay. to come into to, uh, Canada. So, <laughs> and we still so, wear our mask on the plane. Yeah, we, we're <laughs> going to miss out on a few contestants yeah. that would have been invited. But the 20 that we have in each event, they're going to put on a great show. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, you know, last year during the pandemic, most of the – the rough stock, the the horses were Calgary Stampede horses. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to be mindful of budget, and uh, uh, now we'll obviously pull stock from other areas, and we'll have a great set of stock set up. But you know, with regard to breakaway roping, yes, I mean that's something that uh, that it's we're on the radar. definitely looking to bring in. Uh, it was added to the evening show in 2021 with the cancellation of the chucks, and it was very well received by the uh, by the audience mm-hmm. uh, definitely uh, one thing to keep in mind you know as, as we're looking at the uh, we're sitting here talking about the 2022 stampede and we're all excited for it to come but at the point where we were budgeting back in uh, October November <laughs> no, December we sure, still weren't sure we <laughs> yeah. were having one uh, at that point yeah. and so not a lot of changes from 2019 from 19 um, from so, 2019 which so is the last full year last full stampede mm-hmm. yeah so that's yeah. um I haven't asked her. I don't even know. Are we a hundred thousand for the champions uh, again? Yeah. Like nineteen yep. back yep. to hundred thousand yep. for the winners. Cool. Yep. Uh, last year it was fifty with the with the scaled back version, but yeah, hundred thousand to win. There's probably fifty five hundred a day, kind of the back to the normal. Yeah, back to yeah. nineteen. Back back to normal on yeah. on the rodeo side, and then the team roping is offering up that it's huge. Uh, that hundred thousand, uh, right? That pot as well. Yes, absolutely, and we think that's going to be a great. Uh, a great day of team roping uh, in Nutrient. And it's uh, kind of like one perf, isn't it? Like, is it like yeah. two rounds and a short yeah. round? Yeah. Kind of like two and a half hours, boom. Running it that day. Yeah. and 30 and, teams. Uh, so you get to see the 30 teams and uh, it comes to 
a culmination that particular day. So it it should be great. It should be right some on. great roping. Yeah. What What are the parameters around that? Like for people top, getting it's in, the PRCA, top, PRCA, PRCA slash yeah, yeah, I haven't caught any of the rules of it. Thirty yet. qualifiers. I saw the list the other day. Yeah, great It'll set of people. Be the best, the best. Oh yeah, be a great yeah. team roping. It'll it'll be good. It'll definitely be good. That's something that you probably appreciate a bit because it's something you've done before too. Yeah, I I uh, I wouldn't call myself a rodeo cowboy by <laughs> any means. I, I'm more on the livestock side of things. Yeah, uh, with regard to production livestock, both my education and my experience. But uh, in uh, in college, my college roommate was a horse trainer. He was also a team roper, and he's the one that taught me how to shape hats as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> Who was this? Uh, Who Clark, was this? Clark Weaver Clark is Weaver. his name. Yeah. It's yeah. not like Weaver Leather. That's no, different no, people, no. right? No, no, no. Not Weaver okay. Leather. He was okay. uh, down around Castle Rock or Parker, Colorado, okay. and his, his family was very successful at uh, training paint horses. Oh, really? Uh, but Clark got me out in the evenings uh, at, at a, a local arena and taught me how to heal. Um, oh, that's I, fun. I can throw a head loop, but... I prefer to heal. I, I love it when I get on a horse that knows when to turn the corner. <laughs> and when I throw the rope, it knows to stop. Yeah. And it just makes it that much easier yeah. for me. Yeah. Well, There's nothing better than that. <laughs> I learned on the heels, too. I, do they think that we're less likely to lose our our fingers yeah. on the heels? Is that yeah. part of the – I, I you, that's the deal? To me, you don't have to be – quite as good uh as far <laughs> as dally. horsemanship and you're less likely to lose a thumb so <laughs> that I, I i took up healing <laughs> yeah well and so you mentioned that you don't really come or you're not a rodeo cowboy come from that rodeo background do you think that that's helped with the lens you look through when applying it to like a rodeo houston or a calgary stampede rodeo that way i know a lot of things especially the cpra and pro rodeo it's a lot of people who are rodeo people yeah so we kind of have like those rose colored glasses on of like how things should be and maybe it's Maybe it's time that we start looking at, at a, from a different lens. Yeah, and and so I do come from some rodeo. My father was a bull rider in. Uh, was your college. grandpa bronc rider too? Is that nope, correct? not my grandfather. I, I have a, an uncle by marriage. Okay, who was a really good saddle bronc rider. And, and who's uh, that? He Jim Wise. He qualified okay. for the national finals a couple times in the '60s. He was pretty good, pretty talented. So I, I've been around rodeo. I just didn't participate in rodeo until I got to college and kind of took up team roping as a hobby. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. So I grew up, I actually grew up in town because I lost my parents when I was young. My father, when I was eight, uh, he went elk hunting when I was eight years old and got separated from the party and actually was lost in a blizzard and perished. Then about 11 months later, my mother died of cancer. And so my paternal grandparents, the ones from Grover, Colorado, uh, they raised my two brothers and me. And my grandfather in, in uh, Grover, uh, he raised Hereford cattle. He uh, owned the grain elevator. He owned a trucking line. He was the school bus driver. He was the 4-H leader. Uh, he kind of did everything there. But at the time we went to live with him, he was retired. He had moved to Fort Collins and was uh, a livestock herdsman at Colorado State University. They were retired and living in town, and here they get these three young boys moving in with them. And, and what ages were you? Uh, so I would have been nine, and yep. my older brother would have been uh, 11, and my younger brother was four. Oh, wow. And so. And they bought a place out of town. And for they, you guys. they actually rented property. Oh, rented property outside okay. of town. I thought I read up that they bought it. Yeah, no, they, he rented property outside of town so we could raise livestock and wow. be involved in 4 H. And, and uh, I mean, so thankful that they did because that 4 H experience is really. I, I give that short of the upbringing that was provided to me by them and my parents before that. That's really shaped me more than anything else. That 4-H experience um, gave me confidence and, uh, you know, taught me that 
hard work pays off. You put in the work and, and you'll, you'll get effort uh, and, or put in the work and the effort and you'll get results. And so that was uh, really meaningful to me. So, yeah, I, 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 I kind of have this rural side because of that connection on both sides of the family and, and the opportunity to do the things that I did. But growing up in town and having several friends in high school and later in college that had nothing to do uh, with a rural lifestyle, uh, agriculture, or Western heritage, I, I kind of can see things through their eyes yeah. at times. And, and I think that is helpful, particularly as we're looking at uh, you know, bridging this rural-urban divide, which the Calgary Stampede has a, a great opportunity to do, to bring uh, a largely urban audience that's two, three, four generations removed from any agrarian background onto park, and they may come for something else, but while they're here, if they learn about, uh, you know, Western heritage, if they learn about agriculture and the importance of agriculture, then we've won. We've accomplished our mission. 100%. It's, it's cool to see. One, one thing that, uh, that I read in one of the articles ahead of time was how you wanted to make the Stampede a, uh, a year-round park. Like they, the Stampede Park being a – we have the Saddle Dome that's a, it's, it's a city-owned slash CSEC, uh, but it's – it's also uh, on Stampede Park. So when I pay for parking, come to the Flames games, it's Calgary Stampede. Absolutely, yeah. But, but there's also <laughs> BMO Center where, where there's something every day of the week mm-hmm. happening in BMO. We're currently hearing the noise from the expansion <laughs> right of BMO. Right out the window. <laughs> right out the window. But, but a year-round uh, spot, and hopefully with our new arena eventually, that'll be even more of a, a uh, part of the, the park activations right but yeah. what, tell me more about the year-round well and so here. you know a lot of focus and rightfully so is placed on the 10-day event um and will continue to be placed on the 10-day event and we'll continue to make it bigger and better than it is but there's a tremendous resource here with stampede park that needs to be utilized more year-round and and the bemo construction that you just mentioned um that's really going to help us do that. Uh, so BMO, uh, the BMO Center is going from 500,000 square feet to a million square feet. Wow. With this, uh, <clears throat> this construction. It's not just the size. It's really the quality of the building as well. I mean, it's going to be state-of-the-art meeting space that will draw conventions really from all over North America and the world and bring people to Calgary that otherwise wouldn't come, and that's how you generate economic impact. But we have other assets here, uh, other, other buildings that could be utilized where uh, it's GMC Stadium, formerly known mm-hmm. as the Grandstand, but it's yeah. been rebranded GMC Stadium, uh, making use of that, uh, making use of maybe even the parking lots, the, the big four building. When you look at this area, this Rivers District area that we're at the southern uh, tip of, um, the, the idea is to create kind of a cultural and entertainment district. And so I, I guess I would liken it most to uh, wanting to be like Nashville. You know, they have this wonderful convention center, and then surrounding it is all this opportunity for entertainment and culture, uh, whether it's restaurants or retail. That's what we're striving for here. Uh, it's not just the Calgary Stampede. It's the city of Calgary as well and CMLC, you know, striving to build that. And it will come. Uh, you mentioned the event center. Yeah, we sure hope that comes back on track because as a, if that event center comes in, that's going to speed it up that much more. That's a game changer uh, for the city. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're going to see that retail and restaurant and hotel development come on. But as that develops, it, it's really going to be important for the Calgary Stampede to determine how do we program this park year-round 
to really integrate into that culture and entertainment district and draw people on park. And things like the 17th Avenue uh, extension. 17th Avenue has been closed to, to cars and pedestrians since the 80s. Mm -hmm. It's reopening. It'll actually give us a front door to Stampede Park. I, I kind of joke now, we, we kind of have two back doors. Um, <laughs> and it's hard for a park to feel park-like unless you feel welcome. Yeah. And having that 17th Avenue uh, off of McLeod Trail open up, it's, it's going to give the park a whole new look and a whole new feel as far as access and people coming on park. Well, like you mentioned, the city like, and how that they, their vision is to kind of make a more of a downtown community. It's cool to see like the, 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 the cities and the stampede align in that sense because <clears throat> Calgary is like a really, really commuter city. A lot of my friends who work downtown, a lot of people I know who work downtown, they drive and work every day, they leave. Yeah. So if you can kind of create yeah. that community where people want to stay and hang out. and like, I live downtown. I love living downtown, but there's times I wish there was more places to go hang out because there really isn't that much of that yeah. right now. So I think we can build that. That'll just, again take that to the next level and then again keep opening that door further for that urban rural connect that we're looking yeah, for absolutely so yeah it, it will take time and then obviously it's going to take money and resources and whatnot but uh as that develops uh it's it it really is incumbent upon us as caretakers of stampede park to make sure that it's activated that it's properly programmed so that it's putting put to good use for the community so and that part part of that means uh Part of that would be directors from the board, from the board, where there's a group of about 30 people that are all majorly involved in business and and different aspects of of Calgary, whether it be the mayor or the council or you know folks from Stampede. Um, there's a there's a major direction where the Stampede, where where here in Calgary, the Stampede is a major player in all those talks, and it's a big part of the culture and the and the. I'm not sure what other words I'm trying to find here, but but where even tourism impact on it too. Yeah, like. but but where with Houston, it was you guys were tenants of NRG Stadium and yep. that park yep. for for the month. Yeah, basically six weeks. forty days. Yeah, uh, we had fence line to fence line control, and put on this you know fantastic event. But the rest of the time, uh, yes, we could have meetings and things like that, but really weren't engaging the public in a large or meaningful way uh, outside of that 23-day festival. Um, and the 40 days include set up and tear down and things like that. So that's what excites me about the Calgary Stampede. Yes, you put on this fantastic 10-day festival that draws well over a million people and creates that urban-rural connection, and it's a celebration of community, and everyone's welcome, and everyone has fun, and the entire community really embraces it here like nowhere else I've seen. Uh, but there's also this opportunity of, of controlling these grounds year-round and putting them to use where you can continue to draw the community in and, you know, build that urban-rural uh, and uh, really create something that, that helps the stampede grow beyond where it is right now. So with, the, with this, this park, and I don't know if it's 120 acres or, or what the exact, if it's 100 exactly, I forget the exact number, but what percentage is used 10, 10 days to two weeks a year, and then what percentage is used 300 days a year? Yeah, so during what the 10-day, it's, it's all used. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and yeah. There's, there's a lot of back of house that, people yeah. don't see so it's well over 100 acres but a lot of back of house people don't see where you know stock stock is, barns and stock yeah and, and uh, campers and and things of that nature uh so 100 percent of it is used definitely yeah. uh during, the, the, 10 during the 10 days yeah but then you get into the year round and and we do uh, lease out space you know largely into bemo 
but we'll have folks that come in and there's a movie we'll, set out back right yeah now, there's a movie set yeah. uh kind of in our back of house the last of us which was here Just in finished calgary up. they uh they were filming back there and it was nice to have them back there um and the bmo center gets gets uh leased out quite a bit for event rentals and things like that as does the big four and and even the grandstand now gmc stadium uh we'll get we'll get uh leased out as well for certain events but i we've done a few events in the yep, nutrient yeah, yeah. uh hosts a lot of events uh we'll have you know outside uh, equestrian events coming in and and we'll put on events like 4-h rodeo and things like that we're utilizing it but largely um those facilities outside of bemo will will sit fairly vacant nutrients used pretty heavily um but the big four and and uh you know, you get over to the GMC Stadium and things like that. There, there's an opportunity to utilize those, those, a uh, lot more those assets more yeah, so yeah. year round. Um, and what will facilitate that is if if this culture and entertainment district comes on and you're drawing people here, uh, we can program to draw them onto park and would, and utilize it. What would that look like? Would that be like a like we thought about the the red lot? So they had the sti- the. Mm-hmm. Calgary Flames red lot, mm-hmm. and they shut it down one night because the wind blew the stage blew blew the stage up. <laughs> but I looked at it, and I was I helped set up the audio down there with my friend Josh. Yeah, and and set up the stage and and tore it down at night and packed it up so it'd be all right. But like, we looked across the road and we're like, well, there's the GMC Stadium grandstand wide open. Why couldn't we have put a yeah move fired those there screens up? Or yeah. It's permanent the big, location. Big four roadhouse yeah. or things it's of that inside, nature. So right. Yeah, so I think I think opportunities like that uh, will arise and and will increase as this area begins to develop. This Rivers District Master Plan continues to develop. What about an outdoor hockey game at the GMC Stadium? I, I think that would that be that'd be so good. Cool. Flames awesome. versus Oilers, yeah. Battle of Alberta. It <laughs> <laughs> would be host, enough. Host seats the Winter almost. Classic. Yeah. yeah, that'd be neat, right? Um, so, but that would that's kind of the vision is some of those events in in these places. And then, so that leads, leads me to a question that I had. What I know it's not in the budget for a while, but how long until there's a there might be an upgrade or two at GMC Stadium? I, that infrastructure has been like I think it was built in the '70s, and I don't know yep. if anything anything much yeah, has been I, updated. I much. think we're we're approaching the 50th anniversary yeah. of uh, wow. of GMC Stadium, and so um, in a couple of years, so it doesn't give us a lot of time, but yeah, we'll, we'll want to make some upgrades and spruce the thing up a little bit before that, Maybe uh, some new carpet before that, anna- <laughs> you like to do things on anniversaries, you know, 50th That's anniversaries, hundredth anniversary. So 2023 will be the hundredth anniversary of chuck wagon yeah. racing. So and hundred and a, besides 2020, 2020, it's the, it would have been a hundred consecutive stampedes because we missed one. We missed, missed them from 13 to 16. It like in the, 1913 to 1916. 13 to 19. Yeah. There was one in 17. Then yeah. we was there. Then there was a couple other missed years. It was in there, 13 and 19. So yeah, uh, or tw- 12 actually, and 19. Yeah. So 1912, right. of course, was the first, first one. First one, yeah. But then didn't have another uh, one for seven it, years. Yeah, they didn't have another one until uh, 19. 1919 after the war. So the victory yeah. stampede, and then uh, 1923, which was yeah. the first year uh, chuck for chuck wagons. wagon racing, and then consecutively then until. We got to the pandemic in 2020, correct? So yeah. technically, the hundredth. Well, I guess we can't. We're not consecutive again anymore. But so that's the the hundredth. Yeah, I guess it's the hundredth of chuck wagon. Hundredth anniversary and yeah. chuck wagon racing, of course, was uh, was invented here at the 1923 Calgary Stampede. So this was the birthplace. So we're excited for that anniversary, and uh, and in 2022, we're excited that uh, Cowboys has come on as the title sponsor of the Rangeland Derby. It's great to have their partnership. 
uh, in supporting Chuck Especially Wagner. Especially one of those things that's right on park here. Like, I know after a lot of Flames games, I end up going to Cowboys because <laughs> <laughs> it's so close. But it's, it's neat to see again, like those again, like the, the, the everybody, the community coming together. Yeah, that, that local support. Yeah, it's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the Colorado Avalanche currently in the uh, finals? So people are asking me that a lot. First, when when uh, the Flames were playing Dallas, they're like, "Are you a Dallas fan?" I like, "No, I'm not a Dallas fan. I lived in Houston for 15 years, but um, didn't really root." Yeah. Houston's yeah. a lot like it. Houston and Dallas are a lot like Calgary and Edmonton. Yeah, um, so. there's a rivalry there. So I, no, I didn't adopt the the Dallas Stars Thank at goodness. all. I did root for the the Detroit Red Wings for the seven years I was in uh, in, Michi- in Michigan. Michigan. They were pretty good back. That'd then. That'd have been a good time to root of, for them. Yeah, yeah, that was when they were having <laughs> yeah. those battles with the Colorado. Oh man, those are awesome. The, late the Avalanche, 90s, right? the 2000s. Avalanche weren't in Colorado when when I grew up Quebec. there, and the when Nordiques. I left, they were Quebec Nordiques. Yeah. And so the main reason I started rooting for the Avalanche is my brother, who was still in Colorado, was a big Avalanche fan. So I just started rooting for the Red Wings just to irritate him <laughs> um, and started following them. But, yeah, so I, I didn't truly have an NHL team until I got here. So now I have one with the Calgary Perfect. Flames. Oh, okay. Did you, get, did you get to any of the playoff games? Did you get I didn't some? go to a playoff game, and I'll tell you why. Um, Too expensive. No. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have attended five Flames games in person in mm-hmm. my life. Uh, two of those were like 2002, 2003 when I was up here for business. And uh, they lost both of those games. And I went to three this year since I've been here. And uh, two losses and one overtime loss. Oh, so I'm thinking. Oh, for five? Yeah, I'm thinking. That ain't good. Well, oh, oh, four and one. Um, Jeez, that's true. <laughs> but right. I, I didn't want to jinx them. Mm-hmm. So I stayed away from yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. And so I can't be blamed. They didn't need your jinx, and they lost <laughs> fair and square. They did lose fair and square. <laughs> oh, geez. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to games next year, and they're finally going to win, and then That's that'll be off. Right. And yeah, then I can, I can go without, uh, without feeling bad. <laughs> so have you got to do much exploring around, like, Western Canada, Alberta, in the past year and a bit? I guess you've been living up here? You know, not a lot. Um, we, we made a couple trips to, uh, to Banff. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, before it, uh, it started snowing real hard, and we'd been up there – 30 years ago or something like that. And uh, I've, I've been out to, to some events, like just last night, I went out to uh, uh, an Angus operation cool. down by Staveley yeah. uh, because uh, Certified Angus Beef, a company I used to work for, was recognizing a purebred producer and, and one of their commercial uh, customers mm. for their commitment to the brand. So that was kind of fun, uh, taking nice drives out and sit in a shop because it was uh, too wet to sit outside <laughs> uh, and uh, interact with uh, with a lot of local producers uh, down in that area. But we're, we're looking forward to that uh, once Stampede is, is wrapped up. I think my wife and I, we plan to just jump in a vehicle and just drive west until we hit the ocean. That's our plan Not after Stampede. Yeah. yeah, I'm driving west. Yeah. As as we'll stop west. a lot along the way, <laughs> yeah. certainly. But uh, yeah, go do some exploring. Have you had a chance to hit the Longview Steakhouse yet? Yes, I did. I did. Nice. Um, I still haven't got there yet. Yeah. I lived there for three uh, years. I think that was back in April. Uh, someone invited me down. We, we had to do a 5 o'clock reservation because it wasn't <laughs> open after that. And they that. booked it but, six weeks. But I'll tell you, I, I'm kind of a beef guy, um, and I make a pretty good steak myself. Oh, but so it's hard to beat. Longview, no, Longview Steak, a chef knows what he's doing. He knows what's up. Oh, it was good. 
So then, okay. So next question into that: Are is there some steakhouses around Calgary you've had a chance to try yet that would rival your own level of? <laughs> there are a lot of grilling. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot. I've not actually uh, dined a lot in Calgary. Okay. Uh, since I've been here, you know, with with the pandemic in place and whatnot, my wife and I we bought a house in Bear Spa. Okay. Uh, so you know, we hit floors and pine a couple of times. Good spot. Uh, mm. At that time, it was really good. But I know there are some really good steakhouses in Calgary. And once we get past the stampede. I plan to try a bunch of them. Would recommend Caesars. Caesars. Uh, I did have lunch at Caesars once. Modern steak. Vintage Vintage is good. Yeah. And I've eaten at Vintage. Yeah. All those are good. good. And what I love is when I go somewhere and and I have a steak that I can't do myself. I mean, it's at that level. And so what is that? Places that, well, those places you just mentioned. (laughs) But what what steak is it though? Like which one? Oh, I I do a strip steak. I'm a a strip steak guy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, a lot of people like tenderloin. That's tenderloin's great. Mm-hmm. It's tender. that's, my, that's my favorite. Um, not as much flavor. Really? Nope. You don't, but because you would say a ribeye would have more flavor than a ribeye has more flavor, but a yeah. ribeye also has more fat trim. Yes. So does. I go for the strip. It's kind of the best of both worlds. Like the it's New York strip you're talking. New York strip. Yeah. It's it's tender, but it's still mm. flavorable and flavorful, and there's not a lot of, of uh, trim or waste on it. Mm. In fact, I'm cooking uh, dry aged strip steaks this evening. Oh, for, really? For my friend from Certified Angus Beef who was in town for the event yesterday. Yeah. Where do you buy your steaks then? <laughs> so these, uh, my wife. Bonton? Re- no, my wife. We we have a Calgary co-op right near us. And oh, they there have, you go. They have the dry aged cooler, nice. and so uh, you pick she, them out. She went and hit that. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. One thing, one thing I've noticed around Calgary uh, in the past, even like a couple of weeks, is is the buzz heading into the Stampede. It's, it's something I haven't like felt since I'd say even like 2019 when that like that was a really good year for Stampede. But even then, into la- like 2020, obviously was not a good time. And then 2021, it was it was here, but it, you it was in the same level. But like people are finding Stampede parties, like like all the music festivals are back. There's yeah. like 25 tents downtown. We're like selling it's, lots of buckles. You're sell- we're selling buckles. <laughs> like it's it's I'm I'm truly truly looking forward to this upcoming Stampede because I think it's going to be a huge just like 10 day rager. Yeah, for yeah. There, there's a lot of excitement, <laughs> and you know we're not out of the pandemic yet, but I, I think, uh, in particular, you look at Canada and Alberta, the, the vaccination rate, um, the, the fact that Omicron, even though it's still dangerous, doesn't cause the severity of illness. I think people are starting to get a little more accustomed to it and moving back toward normal life. And as a result of that, and the fact that most of Stampede is outdoors, mm-hmm. um, I think we're going to get really good participation from the community this year, and we're we're looking forward to it. What What are some of the things you're looking most forward to heading into this year? You know, a, a lot of it. When I came up in 2021 as a guest, um, I kind of wondered about a little bit and just uh, kind of observed. Um, this year, one, one of the things I really want to focus on is is uh, seeing exactly what the volunteer committees do. Not all of them were operating in 2021, or the, or if they were, they probably weren't operating at, at full steam. So getting to see what those volunteer committees do and how they interact, um, that's something that I, I really want to pay attention to. And and then really get out and see what, uh, what our staff does as well. Um, again, weren't operating at full capacity last year. Yes, I saw a lot. But putting on a full stampede gives me an opportunity to really get out see what the staff and the volunteers do and have a, a tremendous appreciation for that as, as we move forward. 
And will you be trying any of the funky midway food that's this <laughs> out there this year? You know, the the KD ice cream is the one that, <laughs> that I have my oh, eye dear. on. I, I could have lived on uh, Kraft macaroni and cheese as a child. I think I did live on it. Actually, most, so. most, like, most egg people do. Yeah, really. <laughs> so I, I, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Yeah. You you mentioned volunteers. So Calgary, last time I read a stat was about 2,000, 2,200? About 2,500. 2,500 volunteers. Mm-hmm. So Houston is 35,000. Right. And you uh, managed and your time there, well, I guess as CEO you managed kind of all of them. But before that you managed about a third of the committees. Yeah, in the, in the agricultural area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you think about the, what are you looking at the differences that way? There's a lot less, maybe a little less people management on that side of things, but yeah. So the like major. the volunteer structure as far as how the committees work, um, and it's similar uh, between Calgary and Houston. The big difference in the thirty-five thousand volunteers you mentioned, it it really ties to what we talked about earlier. That Houston just it's a twenty-three day event, and forty some days when you count set up and tear down. Um, it's easy to mobilize volunteers for that shortened period of time to do jobs that would otherwise be paid jobs. And so when I got to Houston in 2005, we had 16,000 volunteers. When I left in 2020, we had 35,000 volunteers. Most of that growth, we brought on committees to do things that formerly were done by paid staff. So whether that's selling tickets or scanning tickets or, you know, working parking lots and things like that. And here at the Stampede, because it's a year-round operation and year-round management of Stampede Park, you have to have those those part-time employees to do that Um, because you're probably not going to get a volunteer here to man a parking booth in January, for example. <laughs> um, it's not a very glorious or glamorous So it's job. it's just it's a different model because it's it's just pretty much the the event and you've got yeah. that narrow window in Houston. You can mobilize all these volunteers to to do that. Asking them to do that outside of the window probably not going to happen. Yeah. And at the Stampede, you have to have those part-time employees to operate year-round, so you want to offer them employment during the Stampede. And then the other part of that is all the youth, the under-18, that uh, the Calgary Stampede really provides the first job for a lot of them. You don't want to replace that. You want to lose that because that's something that's really special about the Stampede as well. So just a different a different uh, volunteer management, uh, I guess, uh, set up because of that year-round versus the purely seasonal that you see in Houston. There'd be a huge uh, like monetary savings slash boost to the program, community programs, by having these volunteers. What's the trade-off for for those volunteer groups, or what is what is the incentive on their side? Is that how do you how do you get the volunteers to do, to do the work? <laughs> you know, in volunteerism, particularly an event like the Calgary Stampede or or even the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, it's it's really uh, a lot of it is networking. Uh, being a part of the community and particularly people who who come to the community new and they don't know anyone and they might mean someone hey how do I get involved in the community hey volunteer at the Calgary Stampede that's true it provides that great networking opportunity then once they find a committee that they love it's it's like their extended family Um, they'll they'll stick with it and in a lot of cases it's something that they're passionate about you know whether it's a, a horse show or or uh, something to do with agriculture. It's something that they're deeply passionate about, and, and they're more than willing uh, to support the, the Calgary Stampede. 
Um, but at the end of the day, all those 2,500 volunteers know that they're supporting this wonderful community organization that generates tremendous economic impact for Calgary and this region and really brings the community together, uh, you know, for 10 days and a lot of cases outside of 10 days of the year. One thing that's always amazed me with the Calgary Stampede volunteer group of people is there's a lot of tenured in, like volunteers around like like Steve McDonough worked his way up through like the volunteer yeah. committees and stuff. It's 35, just, 40 years. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people who've like who've been doing 40, it for a yeah. long time, yeah. which is it's so cool to me to see again. Like they probably see that value of making that impact to the community. Yeah, and and that lets you know that uh, they're doing it for the right reasons. Um, they're doing it because they know it benefits others, and they they stick with it for that reason. Did you know that he wrestled a bear one time? I didn't. <laughs> I, I I think I had heard that story. I wasn't sure how much validity to apply to it, but uh, I had heard that story before. Seen <laughs> seen it on Saturday. Doesn't look like he's in bear fighting shape anymore. No. <laughs> oh come on. Uh, okay, so the BMO Center. There, we're working on that. What what else is in the works long term that you can let us in on? I remember seeing plans for like a hotel right on Park at one point. Maybe some condos in there too i, I don't know but what yeah else so I, let me start on the bemo center uh we're happy it's on schedule uh and and on budget and uh that says a lot a for the time it started uh in the spring of 2021 and and b for the foresight of our staff and the cmlc staff working that project because they basically locked in materials at that point uh, so it's basically 100 percent tendered it's on time it's on budget uh, when guests arrive for the 2022 stampede, most of the steel will be up and they're going to be, I think, in awe of how big this, this building is. When they come back in 2023, most of the exterior will be finished and they're going to be in awe of just how beautiful this building is. And when they come back in 2024, we'll be inside BMO for the, for the Calgary stampede because it will open in June of 24. So we're excited about that. Um, and, and working with CMLC on other projects, you mentioned hotels, so, uh, stampede, uh, the, the leadership that, uh, came before me and some are still on the board, I think, uh, had a great foresight to, uh, you know, get some land north of here. Most of the land we operate on belongs to the city and it's under lease, but the stampede had the foresight to purchase a lot of land to the north, which gives us the flexibility, uh, to develop and create and kind of control our own destiny, which is a great thing. So hotel is a focus. Uh, we know we need hotels in this area to support that BMO center. Uh, and then I mentioned the 17th Avenue, uh, opening up. That's really going to help that's bring huge. people onto that's park. That's this year, right? Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, so it, it is open to pedestrian crossing right now. And as we get later in the year and they redesign that stampede station, then eventually vehicles, uh, we'll be able to come across. And then the green line going in mm -hmm. uh, north of us here, which really creates an east-west uh, transit opportunity for people to, to come in and access uh, Stampede Park. Those are all things that are really exciting and, and really going to contribute to our success in the future. Will, will the BMO-like expansion will be similar to the World Trade Center in Dallas? That was, we went to the, the WISA convention there. Earlier it won't be January. quite that big, well, but that was like it was a cool, similar was a idea. Similar idea, but where that was a remarkable building to be in, just with like again, like having all those shows and conventions, and then all like the permanent places there too. Like it was, yeah. I was yeah. blown away being in there. Yeah, and and that kind of million square feet—that's kind of the baseline from where you operate to capture these large international conventions. So we'll be at the million, but it's more than just the space, as I mentioned earlier. I mean, the design and the thought that was put into this. They're fantastic meeting rooms. You have to have that. Mm -hmm. But the gathering spaces 
outside of the meeting rooms where people can informally network because that's where a lot of the value in attending a convention comes from. Yeah. And giving them spaces, uh, particularly on the second floor, is this huge fireplace that people can gather around. And uh, the technology that will be incorporated and things like that, it's, it'll be a world-class experience. It will be uh, the largest uh, convention center in Western Canada. It's not as big as Toronto, but in Western Canada it will be. And it will be state-of-the-art. And that's, so that, that means that anything, uh, like any of the major things that come to town, whether it's, uh, well, it's either Toronto or Calgary now, yeah. essentially, for the, for the biggest shows in the, in, in the country. And there's probably, you know, I would say Denver probably doesn't have the same kind of space. No. Like no, anywhere in the Northwest, like space. Seattle. Like I'm trying to think of what else would even compare. You'd have to probably get down to like Phoenix or L.A. to have anything even comparable yeah, to, to a million to get that much space right? that's available yeah. i'm trying to think of where else it might be but like it's <laughs> it, this is really there's some yeah i mean nashville houston yeah. uh, chicago new york yeah they they have that types of space so um, so we're going to be on a whole different level as far as yeah the world stage absolutely mm-hmm. which plays really well into the whole even the whole tech movement in alberta and calgary right there's so many of these big companies are <clears throat> moving into calgary and then that having that type of space available to them will just keep bringing more and more exposure to to calgary and alberta as a, as a tech hub if you want to say yeah that. and it, it should appeal to really a, a broad swath of industry to come in for conventions and and one thing that we really have a unique opportunity is to provide that Western hospitality that the Calgary Stampede is known for because we're managing the building. Yeah. <laughs> and something that's really neat is that for a lot of these conventions, we'll put on a convention rodeo in the Nutrient uh, and, and give them a, a rodeo experience a rodeo, yeah. as well. And so, yeah. again, that goes back to kind of bridging that rural-urban, mm-hmm. uh, not just here locally and drawing largely uh, Calgary residents to the Calgary Stampede, but gives us that opportunity when we have visitors uh, internationally here uh, to show them what Calgary's all about from a hospitality standpoint and give them a little taste of that Western heritage. So one one quick story on the on the convention rodeo side of things. It was my birthday, probably like <laughs> 2015. Um, there was a, we had a convention rodeo for Michelin China. So we had a uh, we had a uh, like a, a English announcer yeah. and we had a Chinese announcer and it was one of the craziest things ever to try and like work music into a. Uh, a bilingual event. I'd done French and English before, but to do Chinese and English was totally because I, I could kind of <laughs> tell with French like what the sell points were to kind of mm-hmm. like oh yeah okay that's a sell like I fit in there but with the, with the Chinese like, like no clue I had, I was totally lost on that one that was pretty wild so like I can't imagine what the next ones will be but I think that was six hundred people so yeah you'll easily have twenty five hundred seats for a convention rodeo any day of the week yeah and do that soon. so that that's a really unique opportunity and. And will serve as a point of differentiation uh, to people coming to Calgary for, for conventions, as well as the mountains. Oh, yeah. um, it's Damn. always been a sell. I mean, you look at some of these uh, these stampede posters dating back to the 20s, and they advertise Banff. And so <laughs> when you think of that total value proposition, you get to come to Calgary, you get to come to this fantastic venue and kind of experience that Western hospitality, but then also have access to the some of the most beautiful mountains in the world. It's it really lines up well. They did a convention rodeo at Brewster's, like the ranch out there. Well, that was one time, ago. yeah, yeah. We like they bus, the we, went, we went to Bam Springs. It was like I think it was Ernst Young who was yeah, that's right. was the was. was the people go on the bus, mingle with the Ernst Young people. They come to a convention rodeo and go right back to the Fairmont and keep yeah. like that's a Neat cool spot. experience for yeah. Yeah. people coming uh, from all over. Before we wrap it up, I got a couple of quick things. We got a mm-hmm. few minutes left, but uh, I want to talk hats before we're done. And then I got to ask you, what was the best concert you ever saw in Houston? Are you allowed to say that? Uh, 
Yeah, I can say that. Yeah, was it George Strait? No, I, I will tell oh, you. George. <laughs> George, Strait, George Strait was awesome. Uh, you probably got to no meet doubt. him. Oh, yeah. Did yeah. you call him and say, hey, can you come play the show? No, I didn't do that. Um, <laughs> Would you come out of retirement and come do this? Uh, I, I didn't actually extend the invitation. We did extend personally extend the invitation to Garth Brooks yeah. to come play in 2018 and went and <laughs> met him when he was in Houston in 2016. Of course, he played uh, both of those. From a sound standpoint, it's, it's tough to beat Zach Brown Band. Really? Um, because really? not only are they no immensely talented, but they have a great sound mixer. Yeah, and dang. the NRG Stadium was not easy. Um, you'd it's have a, a lot space. of experienced sound mixers coming in. They'd try, and they'd, they'd finally call our guy over and say, fix this. And they'd really? fix it. Wow. Yeah, they, they sounded incredible. And I've heard them exactly. in, other, in other venues. And they bring their own crew. They yeah, have like they their, bring their own, own trailers. Crew. It's pretty impressive. Uh, I will tell you, from an energy standpoint, <laughs> uh, and just being totally off the hook, it was Cardi B. <laughs> 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 uh, I've never seen a crowd like that. There were over 75,000 people. Yeah. And uh, we'd sold several thousand standing room only tickets. And because on the concourse, on the, the concourse, on the on, on the, the top of the no, on the top of the first level. Oh wow! And those people in the standing room looked down, and everyone in the everyone in the stadium was on their feet, and like, well, let's just go stand in the aisle. We're not going to block anybody. Except so at one fire. point, I looked up, mm. and there was not an aisle to be seen in the lower oh, bowl. Wow! And I thought the, the fire marshal, the fire marshal could shut us down. They didn't. Um, but it, it was the energy was Ooh, absolutely Cardi incredible. B. Yeah, laying wow. it down. So were you front row? Or were you? I was, kinda, I was kind <laughs> of. I was down by the bucking chute. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good spot. Yeah, it's a good spot to watch. Um, so I, I had to ask that part too because being in Houston, I was down there at one point with Chad Bestplug, who now works mm-hmm. here at the Stampede. Mm-hmm. It was like the year or two after he won it. He was just starting to put on events. I booked a flight like earlier that morning. I got, a, I got on points and I was like, yeah, I'll come to Houston with you. Why not? So we zipped down there for a couple of days. My only time I've ever been. But, but uh, I noticed that, like, that the rodeo was almost a pre show for the concert. And it was less focused on the rodeo. So I just kind of had to ask that part of things. And it's called Rodeo Houston, but yeah, there's yeah. a lot of concerts and you have 80,000 people. So yeah. some people are coming for the, to watch the tie-down rope and the start of the rodeo, but a lot end up coming for the show. So mm-hmm. what, what are the thoughts that way? What were the thoughts on the comparison? Like you put on a rodeo, but yeah. it's also the concerts. Like so the, the draw was the entertainer yeah. for the most part. Okay. Now, that's not to say there aren't rodeo fans that have season tickets and they're yeah. there in NRG Stadium every single night, but the draw is largely the entertainer. And the entertainer you book determines the crowd that you draw. Yeah. And True. so, you know, you book a country night, you're going to get a more traditional audience. It's probably going to be a larger rodeo, rodeo fan. Yeah. And if you book a, a pop Cardi or B. a hip hop or, yeah, or a rock, Maybe not traditional rodeo fans, but we knew from the surveys that they liked the rodeo. Okay. Uh, so, yes, they came to see that rock star or that pop star, but they also liked all aspects of the rodeo, which, you know, would hopefully create uh, a loyal customer is going to come back again and again. So And come earlier for the rodeo. Yeah, and so uh, uh, an, an artist that just kind of generally interests them, maybe they're more likely in the future to buy that because they know that rodeo product is so outstanding. Built-in market research yeah. right there. Yeah. We're, we're here now, Calgary. The One of the features is, like, the features here are the rodeo and the chuck wagons. Those are the... The draw, as, yep. you, as you just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, and so the afternoon rodeo, those, those are rodeo fans. They want to see rodeo, and that's fantastic. It's not combined with a concert, and then you come back in the evening, and uh, you can see Chuck's followed by a fantastic uh, Bell Grandstand show in the evening. Yeah. Hats before we're done. Ah. 
<laughs> Smith Bill. How long was it? In, were you in Calgary before you had to wear a Smith Bill? You know, I, was, I was in the contract. I think it was about five or six days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they got me down to Smith Built uh, and uh, let me pick out the colors when I'm wearing right now. Steel gray. Steel gray. Steel. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't have one of these. Hey, there you go. And so I was really excited, and it is now my favorite hat. What were you no wearing doubt. before? Uh, I was wearing a Greeley hat works. Oh, yeah. Trent, um, right I wore on. a couple of those, and I've had resistols and things in the past. Oh, yeah. So this is my first Smith built, and I have to say it's my favorite hat. Oh, there uh, you go. A lot of quality, and, and uh, as we mentioned, I shaped it myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brian didn't like that, I don't think, at first. He, he wouldn't let me touch it in the store, so I had to take it home and use the kettle? And, and put my shape in it. Used a, I used a teapot. Yeah. Yep. Used a teapot. Uh, to shape it, but yeah, I mean, a hat shapes a deeply personal thing. Hundred percent. Right? Well, I remember you mentioned too. You kind of have a little <laughs> bit of on the on the brim here, uh, like where we for those that are listening only. Uh, there's the brim, but but Joel puts a bit of a crease in the side of the brim. That's yeah, kind of a different yeah. spot. Do that with your thumb. Yeah. Uh, as yeah you just kind of, and I like just a little bit of bow in the front as yeah. well. Yeah. Is that a Colorado or Texas thing? It's just something I developed over time. It's just oh. something I like. Some style. Yeah. Outstanding. Wait, one more question before we. Okay, I have two. two part. Have you been? Okay, to, have you been to Calgary Tower yet? Uh, not up in the Calgary Tower. Wacy no, I know a guy. Know no. a guy if you Is that right? Up, if you want to go up the Calgary Tower, I need Tower, to do that yeah, definitely. That's a good spot. And, <laughs> and so, since you brought that up, uh, great vantage point during the Calgary Stampede. We have the Super Wheel coming. What is this? As part wheel? of our as part of our What's carnival, the world's largest traveling Ferris wheel. Uh, North North American Midway will bring the Super Wheel. It's I think it's forty six <laughs> meters tall. Oh my gosh! And it has air conditioned gondolas. Like so, kind of like the link, like the yeah. thing in Vegas. Yep, like that. Well, not as big as that one, but no, no you can head up, up in that. And you you talk about a great view of Stampede Park Dang. and the city and surrounding area. That's that's pretty cool. It's going to be exciting. All right. Okay. The hey, final. One more, one more quick one. Okay, you go ahead then. Who do you think is going to win the rodeo this year? What, what's your, Boy, what's your I, one I, event? What do you who are you picking? I, I'm I'm not going to throw that out there. No? Okay. I'm I'm going to wish every competitor <laughs> oh, great oh, luck. Oh. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I, I might have my personal favorites, but I'm not going to share them okay, with you. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to tell the judges. I don't want to put it off. Okay. Sorry. Wait. All right. Okay. The, the the most important question of this whole interview: What is your definition of cowboy shit? Definition of cowboy shit? Yeah. You know, so I've experienced it for the last hour or so. Um, <laughs> it's it's just people sitting around and having a having, having a good a time and and discussing and and we've explored a lot of subjects yeah. while we were sitting here, uh, not all related to rodeo or Western heritage. We we, we talked about the city, things. we talked about the community, we talked about development and economic impact and all those things. So I have to commend you guys. Well, thank you on on your breadth of knowledge and, <laughs> and your preparation coming into this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Anything else on cowboy shit though? Was that because you you've done it yourself as well? Like that's part of your your heritage and and you've roped and you've ridden and you know not every stampede president I think can say that <laughs> a CEO can say that I think honestly. yeah yeah and that's fun I I take pride in uh, kind of experiencing new things and not all have to do with livestock and western heritage I'd like to go to the theater for example <laughs> I, like the I, th- I think that's the cool theaters. yeah that's nice. good but uh, you know I I taught myself how to juggle. For example, oh, really? um, yeah. I figure if I can learn how to rope, I can learn how to juggle it's too. True. Probably not far <laughs> off. Well, but no, I appreciate you having me on. Thank uh, you for this. This is great, and and really appreciate what you're doing for, uh, you know, to, to promote and preserve uh, the Western lifestyle. Same to you. We're working yeah. on bridging that gap. That's yeah. that's a main theme for us. So yeah. we appreciate you taking the time to yeah. visit with us here. Thank yeah, you absolutely. very much. Once Th- again, Calgary Stampede CEO, Mr. Joel Kelly. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Ha
top of the stool, jump in the coop. Hit the on top of the roof, flexing on as hard as I can. Eating halal, driving a lamb. So that bitch, I'm sorry though. Got my coins like Mario. Yeah, they call me Cardi B. I run this shit like cardio. All right, huge thank you to our guest, CEO of the Kyrgyzstan P, Joel Cowley. What a sweet episode, and that has me like big time fired up for the Stampede 2022. It's cool that it's cool. He's a it was he's kind of a neat person to have in that position in the sense of he doesn't have the rodeo lens in a sense. Like he did, he's does have a he does come from like a rodeo background around from rodeo people, but he spent most of his side on the ag and and producer side of things. So I think it's it's neat to see see his lens um have his lens looking upon Tyra right? Stampede. Yeah, for sure. And he's very like very well educated, well spoken. He's been done some of the biggest events like I think that's great. Uh, great add to the Calgary Stampede leadership. The uh, it's he would be one of the only people in the world that would have the experience that that would be similar to, you know, to, would it be a similar job to what he did before in in Houston, right? Like the Calgary mm. to Houston jump would be would be similar. Where, you know, I don't know. I, the only other events would be anywhere close would be like a an Olympics or a. Uh, you know, like a major, major fair mm-hmm. or somewhere. But mm-hmm. the thing with Houston, one of the things I think I've heard with Houston and I've only been one time, but I think that the agriculture show side is bigger than anywhere else that I can think of. Right. Like the, yeah, yeah. Uh, like the, the cattle show side of it. Like, I don't know anywhere else in the world that has that kind of a cattle show, like the livestock show part of it. Like Denver. Yeah. The national Western. Yeah, San Antonio has a big stock show as well, but like, yeah, Houston and, and we, is one of those ones that's biggest. And then you have the fair and the rodeo, like, and the yeah. huge concerts, which, and it's like twenty three days long. Mm-hmm. I think I think like, another cool thing to note about Joel is is he's been coming to the Calgary Stampede for years. Like he, yeah, it's he nothing new. It. It's nothing new to him. Like he's been part of it. He knows the people. He kind of has an idea of what the what the event is all about and what it means to the city. So I think that's a huge, again, like feather in his cap stepping into that role. So it was awesome. So that was a fun interview. There was one thing I never asked about with the, uh, as far as the, uh, uh, like being an American guy and moving up to the, moving up to Canada from the U S it's kind of a, uh, it's a different thing, right? Like it's, it's a big commitment to go and, uh, to go and, uh, sorry, Donnie's trying to get me to go to work here. Hold on. Don, give me five <laughs> minutes. Yeah. He's got, Don she was, tell Donnie you should have slept in, man. Jesus. <laughs> No, I need to get this done a little sooner. I'm running behind here, but yeah, we'll get it. Uh, done. Anyways, so here we, yeah, I gotta go set up signs in Pinocchio with my Brahma boot job next. So I gotta do that, and then I gotta go build a little, another little uh, uh, desk kind of area in the announcer stand for all my wireless gear and everything. So got a big afternoon in Pinocchio. We're gonna go golf, but that ain't gonna happen now. Um, maybe tomorrow, or then, but then maybe after Stampede. You know, we'll see. Speaking but, of golf, but anyways, gonna, go ahead, buddy. Well, before, we, well, before we do well, yeah, that, though. Yeah. Right. Going back to Joel, like to, to be an American and, and move up to Calgary is kind of a big, uh, it's a big commitment. So, so for someone to want to, you know, leave their own, their home country to take a job in another country, like it's, I, I got to commend that. Um, the only thing I, I got to say is I hope that the stampede doesn't become too Americanized that way. Like I don't want it to be a, you know, 99% American content at the rodeo. Yeah. But I think it's important to have the, some of those Canadian spots for us. Yeah. folks that's the only thing I, I worry about but i don't think that's his intention in any way no and, and and that's why you have your board of directors in place too because they kind of help steer the ship in a sense as well right and and that's yeah. joel and as yeah, joel exactly. mentioned in the interview 
uh, they're all people who are involved in Calgary business and, and they're Calgarians. So I think yeah. that's and have been, you. been part of it forever. Like yeah. Steve's been on there for like 45 years or some crazy amount of time. Yeah. On the, on that side of it, right. So I think that's, that's kind of the happy medium, right? You kind of have Joel's external lens and you have the folks who have been part of it for so long to kind of help keep that vision of, of the, the, the Calgary, like Calgary stampede that they know and, and the direction needs to go. I never, I never realized like, so one thing we talked about was uh, how Houston is uh, it, like the rodeo Houston is one of the major tenants in Reliance, like energy stadium, formerly mm-hmm. Reliance stadium. There's more rodeo dates than there are football dates in that building, which is pretty wild to think. Pretty about. Cool. Yeah. Where it was mostly thought of as a football stadium. Right. But the, but they're just a, a 20, you know, 45 day show in that building where the stampede owns the ground, owns some land, owns some ground in Calgary. And it's a year long thing. So it's kind of, I think there'll be a lot more to the job for, Mr. Cowley on that side of it mm-hmm. and building the brand inside the city. And I hope that, I hope that the mayor and the board of directors, which she's on for the stampede automatically as mayor, I hope that, that they can steer the ship and take it the right way and hundred you know, percent do a better like, job than, uh, than the, than the building deal. And I like, I like, uh, I like Joel's outlook on that though, of wanting to make it a destination year round. Yeah. Like, I, it's really cool. It's a really refreshing take on it because it's easy for someone in his position to come in and like, hyper focus on the 10 days and then kind of like do that do that do that stint and then kind of like back off and start planning for the next year but by mm-hmm. him being able to or by him wanting to expand that and and make stampede park uh and i think the city wants it too so i think that's a really to. that's a really new, positive thing the new convention center is probably going to be a bit of a game changer too 100 that much space so anyways and, and, yeah yeah and, and the downtown and the downtown investment too right like the city carries yeah, East Village and and Seventeenth and the whole like residential conversion thing that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's like the city of Calgary is really trying to make that part of the city a destination, more place where people want to hang out. So it's it's refreshing to see that everybody's kind of on that same page and pushing forward for that for the city. So yeah, stuff. exactly, love it. Um, Wacy, you had a golf thing you mentioned. I'm Man, sorry, I had the out. best round of golf of my life yesterday. Shot a ninety four. Really? really? Yes, sir. Did you win any money from Jen's? No, <laughs> no, no. We just had a fun round of it. So it was good. We actually opened pretty good. Yeah. It was How many good. gimmies? None. How many or, I had one gimme. Oh, legit. Yeah. One, one gimme. Well, one gimme putt. One gimme putt. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's allowable, I guess. Yeah. But other than that, it was, it was straight and true. I was had just had a day. This was beautiful, beautiful Okanagan summer day. Uh, Spall machine. Oh yeah. Yeah. I tried one of my own around. Ron and Shelly live. They're just well, uh, so it's, oh, it's no wait. Spall machine. Yeah, there's a bunch of different. So Spall machine lives that community outside of Armstrong. Yeah, which is where Rick lives. Which is where Rick lives. Like Jen's oh, okay. dad. Yeah. yeah, and then there's Spall machine golf course, which is on the road towards Falkland from Vernon. Oh, so okay. Spall, Spall, we played Spall machine so championship. Yeah, it's good. It's it was oh, it was a beautiful course, man. All the courses out here are in incredible shape. It's been a really wet spring rainy. for the Okanagan. Yeah. yeah so like yeah. now, but now they're getting some heat and it's going to be unreal. Had a first mountain bike rip of the, of the year too. Yeah. At Silver Star. It was awesome. Hit some cool stuff. Got awesome sweet jumps and shit. So right gotta love that. Anyway, it's been a good trip, but yeah, best round of golf of my life. So I'm happy. Good work. Looking, looking forward to uh, some more here in the next few weeks. Heck yeah. I'll, I'll golf again eventually. I don't know when, but someday. <laughs> Hopefully um, tomorrow. Got to do some work first. Um, anyways, yeah, looking forward to Pinocchio here. And okay, I gotta go back to the story in Regina. That's the last thing I think I got. Last, got last thing, last thing. Uh, so and and we got new new clothes out there too, folks. So we'll get to that too. But Regina, so there's a sh- song called Experience Regina that I thought was like, I thought it was a tourism song that like it went wrong, very wrong. That like somebody in like the 90s either thought it was like really awesome 
was mm-hmm. talking to somebody about it. They're like, yeah, they either thought this was really awesome or they knew it was going to be bad and they were just joking around. Like there was some kind of like in between where it was probably a little bit messed up. So, <laughs> so there was, uh, um, experience Regina. It's a catchy track as soon as you hear it. And I'm sure it's that hilarious. Our, yeah. I'm sure that Sean Morton will, will throw the, uh, throw the track in here for us. But, but anyways, <laughs> yeah, experience Regina. So Brinson, of course, th- thinks it's hilarious and he had heard it one time and that's his like go-to Regina song. So before the pandemic, uh, March 13th, 2020, I was sitting on a plane about to head to Regina to the, to this same event. And, uh, it got canceled before the plane took off. So luckily I got off the plane before, before the event happened, but so it was kind of cool to go back there. And this was our third event of the tour this year on TSN, like you said, and hopefully Rick can watch it on, on the broadcast and see the. <laughs> hopefully this bit makes the show. I don't know if it did or not, but, uh, but anyways, we, uh, so I cut that song and I put it in the opening when they introduced Brinson. So he's like, yeah, just play it. And then I'll just come out there and I'll just be snapping my <laughs> just fingers bopping. and just like just groove into it. And I got to play like probably like 30 seconds of it. Cause the spotlights weren't on like that. There's a bit of a kerfuffle with the spotlights weren't on, or I don't know if Brett was supposed to introduce and then the spots came on or what the, what was happening. But I was like trying to wave at Pete. I was like, it was the Dennis Hallstatt thing where he's like, there's a pair in a, pliers under the seat like that kind of thing and i was trying to like tell pete like like the lights the lights but it didn't yeah it didn't work out but anyways i played the song and like went all the way into like the advertising portion where she's like regina is the capital city of that's that's how long this song played and i was like oh i might have might have wrecked that but it was like the chorus literally hit when brett said his name it was hilarious and people were texting me like oh that was great that's so funny man that's cool. You almost have to just get that clip from Feature just to have it, just for fun. Oh, I, I, uh, so I asked Daphne about it, and she's like, "Yeah, you can get it from Casey." But I just, I've been a little bit, yeah, preoccupied with Pinocchio now. So I, and that's Garth hilarious. And getting ready, that's but yeah, hilarious. I gotta, I gotta get that and post it somewhere. That was funny as heck. Yeah, good stuff, man. That's awesome. So yeah, but pretty unreal to have Galen there, and the, but guys wrote amazing. But one, one of the most fun shows in a while. Yeah. Um, shoot, I don't, I'd have to look back at the results, but we had a ton of rides, ton of great content so it was it's been good really good, good bull riding in canada the past month and a half like even on the yeah. rodeo side a lot of 90 point rides high scores Heck guys yeah. getting it done so exciting times in yeah. canada from the I rodeo have not, front i've not paid attention on the u.s side a whole bunch honestly no. besides some of that uh team stuff with the pbr but mm-hmm. uh yeah ways um i'm late for banner hanging uh, but we got new new, new clothes merch. in the stores yeah we can't call it merch man sean told me new clothes in the stores anymore. New clothes new in the clothes. stores. We've got a new launch. A fresh line. Fresh line of clothes. So, yeah, Cowboy Shit, it's in the stores now. We'll get on the website in the next little bit here as well. But uh, check, check out. out your local retailer because they've got some new stuff. It's the only place you can get it right now. So, uh, nice. yeah, we got we got a blue shirt that we called Parkour because there was something about a color being parkour. And I thought about Michael Scott and Dwight hardcore. doing parkour. Hardcore parkour, man. Yes, when we when we do the write up, that'll definitely be mentioned um, in the in the write up of the show or in the, of that uh, t shirt. It's a it's a light, light blue t shirt with the lightning bolt on it. It's one that one's a lot of fun. We got a new couple new hoodies. I got a couple of them here. I got a nice like old school kind of movie poster hoodie. A uh, couple of nice new t shirts, some cowgirl shit stuff as well. So and I got, and we got new caps that are going to land here. Actually, some of them are land here this week. So um, yeah, we'll be tagging tagging them up and getting them out during Stampede. Take them up, get them out, rawhide. Rawhide. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Wace. You got one more thank you, then uh, that'll be it. One more thank you, and that will be it. So does your horse have a dull coat? Maybe their hooves have trouble growing. Or maybe your horse has some colic issues. Well, 
we you are in luck because we have teamed up with Equipride and Equilix for the next couple of months here. And they are an all-in-one vitamin, mineral, and digestive aid supplement. So this supplement helps with all those issues and more. Your horse will be looking really slick heading into the summer season. So Equipride is a top dress meal form, and Equilix is free choice lick tub, and it is the only non-molasses protein tub on the market. Both great options to feed your horses. If you want to check them out, they're awesome. Like we said before, summer runs coming up, so you want to make sure your horse is looking slick heading down the road. So try this amazing, amazing horse supplement product by asking your local feed store to bring an Equipride and Equilix today. Nice work, Wace. Well done. Anything you got? Anything else for this show? No, dude. That's all good. Yeah, don't forget to check us out social media is all that fun stuff. We'll see. Yeah. We're we're gonna be on the road lots in the next two or three weeks here. So if you're at an event and you want to say hi or whatever, check us out. We'll be we're more than happy to sit and BS for a while. And send us those rodeo song lists. You guys didn't do that last time very much. So yeah, see I'll, I'll make that. I also I'm making a playlist. Oh, that's one of my tasks for this upcoming week. So I'll release that once I get it put together. Nice. Sounds all right, good, dude. Okay, well, everybody stay well out there. Merry uh, Cowboy Christmas, and uh, we'll see you all on the other side of it. Thank you.